everybody. Thank you very much for joining us on this call today. I'm just going to get right into it. If you have questions for either Chael Sonnen or Scott Coker, press star 1 on your telephone. Uh, at this point, I'm going to open it up for uh, Scott Coker to give some opening remarks. Scott? Hey, um, I'd like to thank the media uh, for calling in. Uh, hello from Budapest. Uh, I'd like to say this is another ma a major signing for us. Uh, Chael Sonnen uh, has been a fighter that I've been a big fan of his uh, his whole career, and I'm excited to have him on board uh, with Bellator and the, with the fights and the roster that we have together. Uh, we could create some uh, amazing matchups for him. Uh, but before we go into uh, the questions for Chael and myself, I'd like to um, uh, let everybody know that on December 2nd, we have a uh, matchup between AJ McKee and Emmanuel Sanchez will be going on to the Windsor Casino just outside of Dallas and uh, the tickets will go on sale for, on the, uh, tickets will go on sale for that event this Monday and uh, don't forget tonight on Spike TV at 9pm 8pm Central we're back with Bellator 161 from Austin, Texas we can check Congo and Tony Johnson uh, and the next week uh, we have kickboxing returns on Spike from Budapest, Hungary with some world class kickboxing and that's at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern as well. Uh, without further delay, I just open up other questions uh, for Chael and myself. Okay. At this time, you, oh, you have a question from the line of Steve Juan from MMA Mania. You're Hi. My, my first question is for Chael. We've read in a previous interview that you no longer have a business relationship with UFC. Is it safe to assume you also no longer have one with World Series of Fighting? Uh, the World Series of Fighting I do, um, uh, it's purely as a commentator, uh, but that's accurate. Uh, I, I do not have a relationship with the UFC, that's true. All right. Well, it's also been stated that you plan to have your first fight in November. If it works out, do you have an opponent in mind? No, I don't have an opponent. I'm hoping they book two, man. I, I don't know. I I'm on a legend's ass kicking tour, and I, I hope they book two guys because one of them's going to pull out. And I all I can tell you is, as for myself, no matter what happens, I will make that walk when my music hits those speakers. Anybody, anytime, at any weight class, and that isn't bravado or tough guy talk. I've just had it, man. I thought my I thought my race was ran. I wrote the book on this thing, and I can tell there's a couple of chapters left. I, I keep watching these guys, and, and it's like Marshall Mathers said: they might walk like me and talk like me, dress, act, not give a dang like me, and they just might be the next best thing, but they are not quite me. And I'm watching these guys, and they're talking about money and who their opponents are and the weight class, and if this happens. Who cares about all that stuff? You either want to fight or you don't. And, and one of my main motivations for coming back is pure anger. I sit back as a fan. I watch these guys squibble and squabble. It's got nothing about this. I put this deal together uh, with Coker over three phone calls. I didn't negotiate. I didn't ask for anything. I want an opportunity to fight. That was it. And he'll tell you the same thing. It was as simple as that. Well, speaking of that opportunity, I've heard that you want to fight in three different weight classes, but light heavyweight will be your home. What is your plan then for your first fight? Is it light heavyweight? I'd like to go at light heavyweight. I've been uh, mentally preparing uh, to compete, and I was thinking about going into the middleweight division. I think uh, with the change of being over in Bellator, I'm just looking at the lineup. I'm looking at the guys that they have. Uh, I just, I just think Tool Five's the place to be for right now. That that can change overnight. I, Rory McDonald got signed. 
one of the best talents out there. He did an interview him that he wants to go up to 185. He's going to need some opponent. Uh, I personally believe uh, that Fedor is on his way to Bellator. I've heard these rumblings, usually in this business, where there's smoke, there's fire. I don't think he's coming to 205, so there's an opportunity at heavyweight. But I fight a gangster weight. But get on the scale, whatever it says, man. You either want to fight or you don't, and I do. Well, we look forward to seeing the American gangster fight at gangster weight. Thanks, Chael. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you, my friend. Your next question comes from a line of Jamadkar Sanadu. Your line is live. Thanks. Uh, first of all, Chael, congratulations on the deal. Um, how many fights did you have left on your UFC contract? I was not under contract with UFC when I signed with Bellator. Okay. Um, so... Was it just a matter of asking Dana White for a release in negotiations, or were you absolutely free to talk to anybody you wanted to? Yeah, I was not under contract with UFC in any fashion when I signed with Bellator. That, that was a that was that, I read, I read that as well online, and that that is not accurate. Okay, I mean, I guess what's been your reaction to the reaction from the MMA community, fans, media, fellow fighters? you signing the Bellator today? It's fun, man. I mean, uh, a big part of this thing, look, it's staying in shape. A lot of it is my social club. Some guys got hobbies. They can go play golf and walk around on the beach and do these. We don't have those things in Oregon. We got a, we got a whole bunch of rain, and I don't know how to play golf. So I go to the gym every day just because that's my chance to visit with guys and have friends and, and keep up on the loop. And, you know, as far as the reaction goes, Bellator's awesome. I'm a huge fan. I've been a, I've been a fan... Uh, from the very beginning. The one that really won me over, if you really want to know, is when Ken Shamrock walked out and before he walked out, Animal from the Road Warriors busted onto the stage. That was really the moment where I said, look, I, I don't want to make that walk. I want to make that walk. I was jealous. I, w I was jealous of Shamrock's interest. I was jealous of the whole thing. And that will probably surprise Ken that I was jealous of him, but that was a moment in time that I remember and thought, that's going to be me someday. Well, I mean, if you were jealous of that, do you have any kind of pro wrestling friends that you'd like to kind of help you make the walk down the aisle? You know, let's, let's see what city we, we end up in. I'm, I'm always pushing for California, uh, just because I know they do a lot of shows in California. It's a close, it's a close trip. Um, but let's see what happens. I, I, I mean, I, I believe that entertainment's a big part of this. It's, I like to go out there and compete because it's the only sport I know. I was an amateur wrestler. I used to work so hard and do the two workouts a day and cutting weight, and just doing this whole thing while trying to go through school and uh, you know have a have a normal life. And we go compete, there'd be nobody there but my mom and dad, and then but my teammates' mom and dad. And when I got into MMA, all of a sudden you're doing the same thing, but your hard work is also feeding your ego. People are watching, people are tuning in, and you know that's a part of it that Bellator's embrace. You can go look at the ratings and look at the numbers. Uh, you know, that are going through the roof. Uh, as much people are, are talking about me, people are pumped about uh, Congo and Jonathan, which is going down tonight, uh, which I'm going to have a hand in, by the way, so make sure you're tuning in. Live and free and only on Spike. <laughs> how many uh, How many spikes have you signed on for, Chael? I really don't know. I've got, uh, that is signed, and I couldn't tell you the number. It's multi-fight, and it's multi-year. Uh, I believe it's a three-year, six-fight deal. I could be wrong on that, so Cobra Brex, they don't, don't make me a liar here, but I'm in for the long run, man. Uh, I, I will fight as soon as I possibly can. There's a car tonight, and I'm pissed off that I'm not on it. 
Um, Scott, could you weigh in on that? Could you just confirm how many fights Chael signed for? Yeah, you know what? Um, I, I really can't talk about you know the details, but uh, Chael is pretty close. Okay. Um, Chael, so of all the opponents, why did uh, Tito Ortiz kind of go at number one on your list there? Yeah, somebody else suggested Tito to me, and as soon as they did, I thought, man, that, that makes a lot of sense. Look, Tito's, Tito's a legend, Tito's great. Tito's even a friend of mine, but uh, the bottom line is, he's been around, and I was jealous for a long time. You know, jealousy's a hell of a thing. There's a reason it's one of the deadly sins. But when I was out slugging out and trying to get my, my shot, Tito was on TV and having the, the crowd cheer and doing the appearances, just doing all these things that, that I fantasized and wanted to do. And there was really never an opportunity uh, to go against them. We were in the same division in college, same weight class, uh, same conference. I'd see him around at the events. I still see him around at the events, but he looks at me the same way I look at him. I look at him like, Tito, you know I can whip your ass. And he gives me that exact same look. Every time we're in the same room together, it's like this big alpha male contest. And he knows it's going on, and I know I know what's going on. So if the bad boy wants a piece of the bad guy, all you got to do is say my name. I've said his name. All he has to do is say mine. Uh, your next question comes from the line of Ken Pishna. Your line is live. Ken Pishna? Well, they'll just let anybody on these calls. No, man. It's unbelievable, isn't it? What's that, everybody? <laughs> Not much. How you doing, Joe? Good, man. Nice to hear your voice. Hey, you too. Um, first of all, congratulations. But uh, I could really have, like couldn't have happened to a better guy, Ken. Could not have happened to a better guy. Good enough. Good enough. Just ask Lance. That's uh, <laughs> you know, when when uh, the whole thing went down with the suspension and everything, uh, when you were under the UFC banner, for a long time you just said, you know, I don't think I'll ever be back. I'm done. I'm done. When did it really click for you that you weren't done, that you still had the fire and you wanted to come back? Yeah, well, yeah, those fires go in and out. And, and I was always told over time, I, I came as a boxing fan. I, I was a boxing fan before I was anything else. My dad told me, I was a wrestler myself, but my dad had told me that nothing beats a boxer. He told me this when I was a kid, and I believed it. And this was everything. And we, we came up to the Sugar Ray Leonard was my favorite fighter, but the Duran, the Hagler, the Hearn, the true four horsemen era. And when I heard people say when that fire goes out, you can never get it back, I believed it. And I thought my race was ran. I was going to just move to the other side of the apron, put on a suit, talk about the fights. It was a nice opportunity. And I sat back, man, and it, it, it was a thing of anger. It was the same as when I was a 21-year-old kid trying to break into this business. I sit back, and I'm watching these guys, and I'm watching them squabble about who they're going to fight and what weight class. And uh, they sign a deal, and then all of a sudden, something comes, they want more money, and they want to renegotiate. Man, a deal is a deal. If you, there's good deals and there's bad deals, but once you make a deal, you have a deal. I would never try to renegotiate. Never. I'm the coconut right now. My hit phone will never ring with me with my hand out asking for anything, regardless of what the opportunity is. So, you know, I'm watching these guys, and I was just getting mad. I was getting mad just like... Uh, when I used to sit back, back in the pride days, and I'd be watching these guys on TV and go, man, I will kick that guy's ass right now, but I gotta get my opportunity. And I just had enough. You know, I'm living through it with George St. Pierre. He's dangling his carrot. Is he gonna come back? Man, George, you either wanna fight or you don't. I was talking to George earlier today. We're good friends. The bottom line is, you either wanna do it or you don't. It's as simple as that. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. 
Now, um, when you when you uh, started your kind of your comeback trail, you you had to enter the USADA testing pool, or you did enter the USADA testing pool. Um, and after your first test, you said that you were basically clean. Can you pretty much basically? I mean, we don't, we're not going to get to hundred. We're not going to get to hundred percent, right? Like, I want to be judged on a okay. Right, this is a bit. I'm kidding, but yes, everything was fine. They tested me at least four times. Could have been more. Uh, I think four was the number. Yeah, there was no problem there. Now, considering your past medical history, do you foresee any issues as far as drug testing goes if you compete in Nevada, California, New Jersey, the more stringent states? No, I'm on the I'm on the other side of the tracks now, and it, it, it is different. You know, some guys will use some of those things and they go, "Well, it, it, and it enhanced me. It helped with recovery. It did with me. I I got an enhancement. I felt better. Period. I needed less sleep at night. I had more energy. The recovery thing that that's true too. It was absolutely an enhancer. I got asked that by people. Hey, did you ever take anything that was an enhancer? I never took anything that wasn't an enhancer. That's all I was. That's the only reason I would take something if I thought it would enhance me, but. I'm on the other side now, and they're, they're still testing, there's commission. If we go fight in California, which is what I'm lobbying for, Andy Foster's as strict as that. He is number one. There is nobody stricter, and he will bring in USADA. So if people are married to those letters, they're probably going to have it. That That's up to him. I'm not speaking for him, but I've watched him in the past. Foster follows, he follows water, he brings in USADA, he says their own commission. I'm on the other side. I'm on the other side of it now. Your next question comes from the line of Stephen Morocco. Your line is live. Hey, on that topic, question for Scott. Is there, uh, have there been any talks about hiring an independent firm to uh, do drug testing for Bellator year-round, or is that something that's going to stick with the uh, state, state athletic commissions for the time being? You know, um, our policy has been we always abide by what the state athletic commission uh, requires us to do. And uh, like Chell said, you know, we we live and promote in a state that uh, uh, we do a lot of fights in California, and, and Andy Foster is a tough, tough regulator, and we go by his rules. And, and honestly, it's like when you know hiring an independent company. Uh, my position has always been, you know, I, I'm not sure if that really works because, uh, in my opinion, unless it's a federal, a federal agency that's regulating uh, testing, um, I, I'm, I'm not sure it's going to work. Okay, so uh, I just wanted to ask you about the sort of genesis of the deal. Shell just said he wasn't under contract when he signed it, and it, the deal came together very quickly. When did you guys first start talking? I mean, honestly, um, you know, this deal came together in the last two or three days. And uh, I got a call saying that he was available. Were we interested? And uh, three calls later, you know, we had a deal, and contracts were flying around, and uh, we got it inked, and, and uh, we're super pumped. So, so, Chael, did you have a, an intention of fighting for the UFC when you completed your suspension and you entered the USADA testing pool? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think, uh, you know, the, the first thing I had to do was to get to pass a regulation. It, it used to be a rubber stamp up or down. It's not now. Now, there's a testing pool. Uh, it's it's multiple months. It's multiple, There's things you have to do, and then particularly when you're in my spot, when you are suspended, if you're just retired, it's different. If you're suspended and retired, it, it's a, it's not as easy as just going, hey, put me in coach. So um, physically, I was getting ready to do it. Mentally, I hadn't made the decision, and a lot of that was just self-preservation. I didn't want to have to deal with the letdown. If, if I couldn't do it or I couldn't come back, 
and that goes to the gym too, right? Your coaches are watching, and there's only a few things that you can monitor. You can monitor your your, your runs. How fast can I do a mile? How fast can I do three miles? You can monitor uh, your reps on the weights, but the actual intangibles, which is the sparring and the competing with somebody, I've been missing that. That that part hasn't that hasn't been there. So, you know, I feel like I'm ready. I was getting ready um, when I went to the Asada pool. Yeah, I think that's that's fair the way you said it. I, I was thinking about the UFC. Uh, I think that's fair. The next question comes from the line of Alex Lee. Your line is live. Hi, Joe. I also wanted to ask, uh, you know, I know you've been doing broadcasting with uh, World Series of Fighting. Uh, are you going to have any broadcasting opportunities with Bellator, or does that conflict with, obviously, the work you've already been doing? I want to participate with Bellator as much as I can, as much as I can. There is literally a show tonight. I'm not doing a plug just because I like Czech Congo. I am pissed off I'm not on this card. I tried to get a plane ticket and get to Texas yesterday so I could be there for it. If I can participate in any way, I like to be involved. If I can commentate, awesome. If I can do in-ring stuff, great. If I can get in there and fight, great. I've, I've thought about that. Like, hey, someday do I want to be a referee? Do I want to get in judge? I just want to be involved. So if there's an opportunity and I and I can go and call a fight, no problem. Give me the date and I'll be there. But for right now, my focus is is fighting, and it's got, it's not as easy as I'm making it sound like. I got a lot of work to do. I can come on here and talk stuff all I want. I can talk about Tito and all these other. Believe me, Tito's thinking about me right now too. He's in the gym while I'm on this call, so I've got plenty of work to do right now. But to your question, I love to participate. That that would be uh, I, I'd be thrilled to do that. Hey, thanks, Chell. And uh, this is for Scott. Scott, now that you've acquired a fighter who's been a proven pay-per-view draw, uh, is there any thought of putting together another pay-per-view in the near future? Well, you know, traditionally we've been a free product on Spike TV. I think that's going to continue. And, um, you know, but um, at some point, you know, uh, if if uh, Spike and, and uh, the executives there at the network and Viacom want to get back into the pay-per-view business, I mean, it's really going to be a, uh, you know, a, a sit down with everybody and, and decide, but right now, you know, we're a free TV uh, on Spike uh, product. Okay, thanks, everyone. Your next question comes from the line of Dave Diver. Your line is live, sir. Hi, guys. Uh, thanks for the time. Uh, Chill. Um, it's been... Boy, going back to 2008, since you fought for promotion other than uh, other than UFC, um, was there any part of you that you know really identified as you know UFC fighter, Chael Sonnen, as opposed to yeah, you know, mixed martial artist? And will it will it feel you know maybe a little uh, a little unusual, you know, making the yeah, walk? Man. Uh, under, yeah, man. Yeah, that, that's fair. I, I, I love the UFC, but, you know, I love MMA. It's like when I was a boxing fan, and other people have used this example, but I, I think it's really accurate. Well, they'll say, well, what what, uh, what championship did Muhammad Ali win? And everybody will go, well, the heavyweight championship. They go, well, no, 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 what's the IBF, WBO, WBA, WBA? I don't fight fans. I like to I like to fight. Now, the way that we're structured, they're not doing a whole bunch of co-promotes, right? Coker's got stuff going that's going on with Japan, but but he's the one that's changing this and going, hey, you want to do a co-promote, let's do it. The way we've really got MMA structured for 99.9% of it, you got to pick your organization. That's just the way that it is. So, uh, yeah, sure, man, I was proud to be a, a UFC fighter. I'm extremely proud to be a Bellator fighter. I can't wait to do it. The Ken Shamrock example I gave earlier, that was true. When, when, when Ken hit that stage, 
and, and Hawk, or, or I apologize, Animal from Road Warriors music comes on, and he, it was it, it was amazing. It was a small where I go, I'm going to do that. I'm going I'm to be that guy. I check their ratings the next day. I, I get competitive in other ways than just in the ring. I, I want the highest rate. I want the biggest pay-per-view numbers. I want to move more T-shirts and more tickets than anybody else. I look at those numbers. And uh, I had all of those records. I retired. When I, reti- I got beat, all those records are gone now. I used to have the North American Gate. I used to have uh, the pay-per-view. Uh, we were on FS1. I had the FS. I had them all. I've lost them all, and I'm here to get them all back. Um, how, uh, all. How, how the numbers do not lie. I'm taking them all back. Um, uh, how important is it for, uh, you know, you see guys um, making jumps, you know, whether it's uh, Will Brooks going one way, Rory, Phil, Benson coming the other way. How important is it for there to be two, you know, maybe more viable options, you know, as a guy looking to get, you know, get, get paid and make a career of it the best you can? How important are more than uh, one or two or three um, viable options as a fighter? Well, and you know that's just a basic law of business. There's there's no way around that. That that doesn't make you loyal to one or disloyal to to the other company. That is true. That the capitalist drives things. That's got to have competition. That that that's just an accurate statement by you. And yeah, I love the musical chairs, man. I'm a huge Will Brooks fan. I'm not pissed off at Brooks because he left Bellator and went to the UFC. I like watching Will Brooks. Uh, same thing goes with Rory McDonald, man. If Rory McDonald's in there, I'm watching. It's just, it's as simple as that. And one thing we found, I, I can just tell you, from being with the UFC, when this whole thing first started, we thought we were going to have to fight with boxing fans and fight with wrestling fans. That's what we thought. Everybody's going to have to draw a line. This is Chevy and Ford, this is Coke and Pepsi. And what we found out over time is that we were wrong, that it's the same fans. The fans that are tuning into WrestleMania are tuning in to watch Chet Congo and Johnson fight each other tonight. It's the same fans. And, uh, you know, there, there's, there's major truth to that. When you're in the industry, you're, you're, you're true to your brand, right? I read everybody watches Bellator. But behind the scenes, when nobody's looking, I'm buying the pay-per-views, too. I'm clicking on, if there's somebody fighting, I'm watching it. It doesn't have to be glory. It, it can be a WBO event. I don't care what it is. Publicly, it's got to be glory. It's got to be Bellator. But, man, that, that really isn't true. Behind the scenes, I'm a fan. I can tell you over at ESPN, I was out there covering uh, UFC. So we would sit down in our own room. We got King Mo versus Phil Davis on one TV. We got Klitschko boxing somebody on another TV. And we, and we got the pay-per-view on another one. It's, it's the perfect setting. It's, but that's what real fans want to do. There, there's, there's not enough. For me, for me, there's not enough. I'm a junkie, but there's not enough. Your next question comes from the line of Sean Alshadi. Your line is live. Thanks, guys. I appreciate the time today. Uh, first of all, congratulations, Chael, on the deal. Um, you know, you mentioned earlier that this won't affect your role as a commentator with World Series and Fighting. I was wondering on that same note, uh, I know you do UFC coverage for ESPN. Is this going to affect that as well? No. I, so I cover for, just to be specific on this, for ESPN, it's MMA. We will cover anybody, and they do big fights, though. Uh, for example, just... I Bellator, we had Kimbo Slice on, uh, just to throw one name out. I know that because I was there. Um, but no, if there's, a, if there's a big fight, ESPN will have a presence. Uh, but the UFC dominated that. They've they, they, they done a really good job putting on some good matches, so uh, so good for them. But no, that, that won't change. I was on the phone with ESPN today. Uh, I'm getting ready to go on Sports Center uh, either tonight or tomorrow with uh, Jonathan uh, Coachman and 
and Max and uh, to, to talk Bellator. So no, ESPN's commitment is not uh, to the UFC. It's just MMA. Excellent, excellent. Well, I, I know you mentioned earlier that you know you, you did a little bit of back and forth with USADA and taking those tests. I wonder, I mean, how much of a role, if any, did their involvement play at all in you deciding to look elsewhere outside of the UFC? It didn't have anything to do with it. Now, if if I would have got flagged by USADA, Coker's not talking to me either, and I get it. I would be toxic. I I I don't like those things I did, they embarrass me. I steer into it sometime with it, well, basically, and all that kind of stuff. The truth is, man, that stuff embarrassed me. It, it was a different a different world with different times and different, just was. You've got to change with those times or you're outside of the line. And I was outside of the line. I should have been suspended. I was. I did my time. But I can tell you, I'm not going back. And uh, uh, Scott had said earlier that he, he didn't really want to talk about the contract. So I'm hesitant to offer this but allow me to anyway. If I was to fail a test under my Bellator contract, it will cost me 100% of my purse and $500,000. That is in writing. Now, I understand for you guys, that's not as good as a clean test, but boy, that's gotta mean something. If you think I didn't read that part of it before I signed it, I did. Wow, so was that a caveat that Bellator insisted upon putting in there to sign you? Was that question for me or to, to Scott? I thought you said to Scott, but I'll answer, man. I have no idea. All I know is what I don't know if that was unique to me or if that was boilerplate that everybody's got. I don't know, but I saw that. That's before you deal with your commission issues and everything else. But uh, it was right off the top. Full purse, 500 grand. That's, that's just too Bellator. That's before we start dealing with commission. So, and again, I don't know if that was boilerplate or they set that aside for me, but... I'm on the other side of the tracks now. And I still look, you wouldn't believe it if you saw, I've still got the biggest arms in the business. The next question comes from the line of Mike Dice. Your line is live. Hey, so Rory McDonald said that he felt like the UFC stifled fighters' individuality and that everything looks the same. And when you were coming back and considering the UFC and Bellator, did that factor in at all? It, it did it for me. Um, I didn't get into all that stuff, man. There, there was some guys upset about uh, the fight kits and this other stuff. I missed it. I was gone before, right before that all happened. And, uh, man, I, I get it. They, not everybody has to have my mentality. Not everybody wants to. It's just a competitor at heart, and, and that's the end of it. And those guys aren't wrong. But this is the side of the fence that I sit on. Man, you, the, you, we are not drafted. Nobody has to be here. This is a volunteer army. You either want to compete or you don't. I love the Olympics, right? It's, the Olympics just got over, but I love them. And I largely love them because of the purity, and I also love the architecture of a, of a blind drop bracket. You put guys in there, and whoever advances, advances, and you take on the next the next team or player, whatever the situation might be. And I love that purity. Nobody has to get begged. There's never been an Olympics in the history of the games where somebody's sitting around in their living room with their buddies and a guy's getting a gold medal and he goes, well, you know, I could have done that. I, I just sat this Olympics out. It's never happened. The right guy steps forward every single time. And two and three and five and seven and nine, no. Sometimes it's not always the right guy. The number one guy always steps forward in every event, in every situation, in every office, every single time. So you either want to be here or you don't. It, it's as simple as that. I get Rory's point. He's not wrong to make it. But it's not mine. My point is, do you want to compete or not? 
And uh, you said you were on a Legends ass kicking tour, and the hot topic among fighters these days is pursuing titles and two weight classes at the same time. Is that on your radar at all? Absolutely. I, I like those guys that do that, man. That goes back to the willingness that I'm talking about. The right guy steps forward. You can be the guy, but you're in a different weight class that then fix the weight class and get the fight done. You know, I bring up the legend because Bellator's got so damn many of them. Uh, they got more champions. They got Hall of Famers. They, they got record-setting guys that are over there. So I mentioned that, but I know I'm looking at Liam and all these guys. That, you know, people. Ask, so I did an interview this morning. Somebody was asking me about Liam and and want me to bag on him. It's like, look, I will fight Liam any time, and I will work my way to him. But I'm on board. I think the guy's excellent. I think that that he came up the hard way. I think that he's underrated. I think that the fans underappreciate him. I think that's going to change. And, and if he's in my weight class, he's not any different than Tito or anybody else. I'm going to come out and fight as hard as I can. And when time runs out, someone's going to get their hand raised. But I'm going to fight them all as, as hard as I, I, I possibly can. Thanks, Joe. The next question comes from the line of Josh Gross. Your line is live, sir. Uh, hey guys, how are you doing? Congratulations on the deal, Chael. Thanks, Blake. Um, hey, Scott. Um, how do you go, Chael, from intending to fight with the UFC, putting your name into the USADA pool, and calling Scott Coker and getting this deal done in, in three days? What, what happened in that time period to make you want to have that conversation with Scott? Well, I mean, I guess I guess you call it a paperwork issue. You, you're, you're either under contract or you're not. Um, and I wasn't. I, I was going through the process. I never even thought of calling Scott. Somebody's mentioned the World Series a couple of times. Riser's got something going. Something's coming up in Chechnya that I read about, at least allegedly coming up. I never even thought to do it. It's, it was kind of Pavlov's dog. And I was, I was fighting at the UFC, and that was it. And uh, I didn't really think any different. And, and I thought, you know, maybe now is the time. Maybe now is the time that, that, that I get the big backdrop and get to make the walk and uh, you know, I love, again, I love fighting in California. Like you, you can see I'm positioning for a California fight, but maybe this is the time, man. Maybe this is the opportunity. Uh, I got Scott's number in my phone. Maybe it's maybe it's worth just calling him and, and see where at. And, and that was really it. I mean, literally, the deal was put together in, in three phone calls and text messages. It was done. All right, let's do this. How many of this do you want? When can you be ready, man? I'm ready now. That's that's how quick I can be ready. Well, what weight class? Whatever weight class you want, you don't have to bring the scale out. However, however you want to do it, I won't I won't create any roadblocks for you. I just want you to know I want to compete, and I become a top guy instantly on the simple fact that I will show up. Did, did your contract fulfill its terms, or did you seek your release from the UFC? So I, uh, I believe I, well, I, I definitely had a release. Is it because, the, you got to understand, i got to go back two to three years. I haven't been in there since, uh, since 2013. And when my storm first hit, uh, I believe I was released right, excuse me, excuse me, Josh. I believe I was uh, released right then. But if you're asking when the actual paperwork came, I don't know. Okay, so, so for the last few years, you felt like you were not under contract to the UFC, and then when you were free to compete in your suspension drill where you could go off and talk to anybody you wanted, that was your impression the entire time? Yeah, and I always thought, I'll, I'll just go back to the UFC. And I really never thought twice about it. I watched the other shows, and I had an opportunity to box Roy, I had this really weird opportunity to box Roy Jones Jr. on a rooftop in Abu Dhabi. And, uh, but I, I had a suspension with Nevada, I told Nevada I wouldn't do anything for two years. 
it just it was just an area I just didn't want to go down. I just passed. And I think about it all the time. I'm a big Roy fan. I don't love the gun in there with Roy's ass. And uh, I got a little off guard on what your question was, Josh, because I started rambling there. But yeah, the bottom line, I thought I would go back to the UFC. I, I just thought it would be that way. And I got in my head, I go, well, no, not necessarily. Let's make a phone call. Did you get, uh, did you get the UFC like, a big opportunity to sign you? I mean, beyond sort of your initial foray into your soda pool, did you have conversations that went down the track on that sort of thing? Uh, yeah, there was a little bit of that, but I didn't do it personally. Um, yeah, I, I just assumed I would go back to the UFC. I was starting to get my weight down. I started to look at 185. I thought about maybe, uh, you know, George was talking about coming back. I was thinking, I was, you have these different thoughts, but that was the track that I was going down. Uh, definitely was the UFC. It had nothing to do with new ownership or anything like that. It, it just had a to do with looks you can you can only sign at one place you know unfortunately but that's where the sport's at people have their own promotions their own networks their own chat one's in the pay-per-view business one is in uh, the television and the rating business it's it's it's, it's different models of you you, you, you got to pick where you got to pick which one you're going to go with that's where we're at next question comes from the line of gary abbott mr abbott your line is live yeah hey, gary abbott with usa wrestling um, the Gary Abbott, what's happening, man? Hey, I, I saw you were having a press conference. I wanted to listen. So, got a question, though. Um, as a wrestler, could you tell me your thoughts about Bellator signings of a, a ton of elite wrestlers out of college and international wrestling in the last couple of years? Yeah, I love it. So, you saw Joey Davis have success, right? You, we go back, you got Joe Warren in there, you got King Mo, Phil Davis. Uh, I, I'll tell you one right now that I, I, I'm attached to this, so I'm coming with some biasness. But Tyrell Fortune is coming. He's coming soon. Uh, I want on the same card with him if I can, just because I, I want to be there when he's at the back. We came through the same wrestling club. We were workout partners. Um, this guy, is a, I thought he would be our Olympian this year. Uh, there was an uphill battle in that weight class with Gwiz and uh, Travel and Ray and all, but I thought that he was going to come through, and uh, yeah, I, I love it. But but in front of everybody else, I'm I'm putting Tyrell. Ty, Tyrell is he he's going to be a problem. He's going to be a problem up and down the board. And people better get used to that name. So as a wrestler, though, you guys take pride in your success in MMA. I, I kind of ask a lot of guys that they wrestled, and I'm curious if you could give a little perspective of. Uh, how your background in wrestling, all styles of wrestling, translated to the MMA? Yeah, with with wrestling, you know, it, it used to be techniques. We used to have some techniques where we could put guys in position uh, in an MMA competition and have good luck. And then pretty soon, everybody started learning some wrestling. It got it got harder and harder. But the mindset and the grit and the grind above everything else, the grind you go through from the, the cutting of the weight to the two a days to, to needing to do something, even when you don't feel good, even when you feel like not doing it. And that, that comes back to what I've done with negotiations, too. I mean, I, I am legitimately pissed off as a fan when I have to sit and read about guys will only do this for X amount of money. And everybody needs to be bribed, and they need a big carrot dangled in front of their face. It comes back to the Olympic scare. It comes back to the Cadet World Championships that I've been up every morning at 1 o'clock watching on flow wrestling. It comes to do it. You want to do it or not. And the right guy, the best guy, every time says yes. And three and four and five uh, can go and do all these pity parties and come up with all these reasons why they don't want to jump in the fire. 
I'm not one of those guys. I want to do it. Thanks a lot, man. Good luck with this. Yeah, thanks, Jerry. Good to talk to you, though. The next question comes from the line of Sean Rossett. Your line is live, sir. Hey, Chandler, have you had any sort of feedback from Dana White or anybody within the UFC over this signing? Uh, no, I got you. Know, I got some congratulations. You got to understand too, the UFC employees—they're fight fans. They're like me, right? We're junkies. Sometimes we get so close to the trees you can't see the forest. So nobody gets upset. They people just want to see fights. And then if, if you're with the company, you need to stand with your brand. I stand with Bellator. Period. But privately, when no one's looking, right? I work for Coca-Cola, but privately, I'm drinking a Pepsi, right? It doesn't matter. It's the same thing to me. Publicly. I got to defend Coker. I got to defend my boss. I got to defend my network, Spike TV. I got to do all those things. But privately, we're fans, and so they, the US, the people that work at the UFC love the industry so much that they work in the industry. Yeah, they're you know they've said a lot of really nice things, and, and a lot of congratulations. Can't wait to see it. Do you know the same? Or I, I hope you and Tito come. Yeah, I'm getting that positive feedback, and that's yeah, that's nice to hear. But you know, publicly. We'll make our stand, and we'll stand with Bellator. Comes from the line of Red Okamoto. Your line is live. Hey, Chael. How are you? Thanks for the time. What's up, Red? Hey, just uh, just one question for you. You know, you've mentioned that uh, this isn't about money. In fact, it's it angered you that the sport has become about money a little bit. But that said, you also told Associated Press something to the effect of there were a lot of zeros in this deal, zero apostrophe S. So I'm wondering, coming off of two years of inactivity, I mean, obviously you were never far from the spotlight, but what did you find your value was at? Could this be the most lucrative deal of your fighting career up until this point? Yeah, this was a deal that I saw that, that is true. It's not about the Here's the hardest question I get asked, Brett. And it's the most basic. Some trivial questions I don't have an answer. I don't. It's one of them. Got to hey, Jill. Yeah. I'm sorry, you were breaking out. Do you mind repeating that part? Yeah, but I was just saying, one of the most trivial questions I could ask is simply, why Bellator? And I understand that that's a base, it's got to be asked, but it's one that I struggle with because I don't have a great answer. I'm sitting there going, listen, I love the production, I love the fire, and they got these fights. They got... I don't have a great answer, so when, when the guy asked me, yeah, I told him zero apostrophe S, but the rich. People tell you money makes you happy. I got $10 million, and I can tell you it's not true. I'm not any happier now than I was when I had $9 million. It's the same thing. I just want to compete. Gotcha. Thanks, Jill. Appreciate it. Thank you. The next question comes from the line of Justin Golightly. Your line is live. Hey, Shell, thanks for the time. Yep. You know, I know you. I know you mentioned Ortiz at first, but listen, are, are you going to have to chase down Vanderlei Silva all the way to Japan and finish this great A American beef? Or you think he's going to stay in uh, May sometime next year and you can throw down on a classy Indian casino? I'm going to find that son of a bitch wherever he goes. I can. Is case only the vandal I see he's gonna find me. And much as I want for that guy, he's not just a sort of compliment. I had a contract to fight Vandalay Silva. I will definitely be fighting Vandalay Silva in the Bellator. I don't know if Coker knows that 
or not. Vandalay and I are going to find each other. I'm telling you, Coker might be, he's going to be the promoter. He might be the last one to find this out. I assure you, Vandalay and I will find each other, and a lot sooner than you think. Those seem to be the uh, the most possible matchups, but, you know, the fans are always going to speculate. Um, my last question here, of course, is uh, you already fought one of the greatest of all time candidates. What would it mean to you for the chance to put a Westland, Oregon beatdown on Fedor and what could be Bellator's Rocky for? Yeah, I got no problem with the Fedor fight. I'm not got an experience back on him. The commission wants to sanction that they had a bunch of fights and just the referee wearing an earpiece. I assure you I will show up. Uh, they wear some regular shirts. I don't have to get that to the guy. I really don't care. They don't have to use a nice guy. I can set this on.